Welcome to the Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Follow along with the message by downloading our app, available for both Apple and Android phones. And now, for our message. Well, this morning is the last week of the 10 More Miles series, and we're going to look at that text again, Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 9. We're just going to look at verse 9. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to that passage, that would be great. This is kind of a a summary or a conclusion to the the first eight verses, Um, and I want to have us read it together. Do you think we can read this one together? Let's read it together. Here we go. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you know the text or you've been listening to me talk about it, this is the third time that the Lord says be strong and courageous. It comes around again, except this time he attaches to it this, this, this encouragement, this admonition not to be afraid. Not, don't be frightened and don't be dismayed. The, uh, the, first part of the, um, the first part of the verse, though, is my favorite part. The text says, have I not commanded you? And after you, if you read, by the way, did anybody do their homework? Don't just smile at me. Yeah, if you just smile at me, I know that you did. That's great. You were supposed to read through those first nine verses of chapter one every day at least once. But when you read them through, when you get down to chapter nine, it feels like it feels like the Lord is kind of giving them a very gentle nudge, like, okay, it's time. It's time. Have, have I not commanded you? I would, now this is not a translation, but I would interpret what he says in that text, in that phrase, as the Lord saying to them, so what are you waiting for? It's time to go. You, be strong and courageous. Be firm. Be stout-hearted. Be, be, um, be motivated. Be regular, ready to go. Be, be all of those things. Don't be afraid don't be dismayed. Go for it. It's time. And someplace between the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 3, Joshua has to communicate this word that he's received from the Lord about being strong and courageous, about going into the promised land, about knowing that the Lord is with them wherever they go. And I think that he probably focused on that part a lot. At the end of verse 9, it says, it says uh, and, you know, don't be dismayed because the Lord your God is with you wherever you are going. So as he's telling the people, we're going to be taking this land, we're going to be going across the Jordan River, we're going to be experiencing God's victory through these battles that we're going to fight. As that is taking place, I think the thing that would be ringing in their ears is, the Lord's going to be with us wherever we go. No matter what happens, he said that he would be with us. He's going to honor his word. Write this down, if you would, this morning on your sheets, if you're taking notes in the grace. God, God's presence, God's presence drives fear away from his people. Probably the most important thing that they and that we, as we cross the Jordan, can, that need to remember is, is that he is with us. And when he is with us, there's no place for fear. When he is with us, we don't have to be afraid. I don't know about you, in my life I've been afraid um, a handful of times, like really afraid. I don't mean like, like, you know, Susan snuck up on me and scared me. I don't mean that. I mean like where I actually had a fear I was, in a, uh, I was actually in a helicopter one time that was in a storm, and I thought it was going to crash. True story. And I was uh, in this place, and the way that I was seated on the floor of the helicopter, I hadn't planned on telling this, but this is what happened. My little fingernails were digging into the floor to try to hold on to the, there's nothing to grab onto. I was just hanging there, and this thing is doing one of these numbers and everything. But I can remember thinking at the time, I, I, I can remember thinking a worship song at the time. 
There's something about worship that brings the presence of God into situations. And when we worship, God dispels fear and drives it out. You ever been walking in the dark someplace? You know, like they talk about whistling past the graveyard. You ever walking in the dark or been afraid and just to your mind comes a song? You know, all of a sudden I'm singing Jesus loves me in my head, you know, just anything to bring the presence of God because where God's presence is, fear cannot remain. He will not abide in the same place where fear is. So when we worship him, God inhabits the praises of his people, but also when he inhabits the praises of his people, he drives out fear. Does that sound good? So when we're worshiping him, the people of God, when we are worshiping him, fear has no place. I think they were walking across the Jordan, walking into that new promised land with the praises of God on their mouths. So flip over to chapter 3. This morning is short on instruction and, and long on application. So I want to get right to chapter 3. Chapter 3 is the place where the, the last 10 miles actually gets crossed in chapter 3. I'm going to read it to you. The first five verses, first five verses of chapter 3 say this. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan. So it sounds like they did those 10 miles in one day, according to that part of the text. He and all the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. Verse 2, at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you should go, for you have not passed this way before. I love that. For you have not passed this way before. That applied to them. That applies to us as well. Verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Just want to stop there. So in those five verses, you have the walk from the plains of Moab, 10 miles, to the banks of the Jordan. And you have, you have the people camping there for three more days. And during that time, they are told instructions by the commanders of Israel. They come around. I don't know how they did this communication-wise, but they come around and they say, look, if you need to know, you know, when, when it's time to go, you need to know where to go. And the way that you're going to know where to go is that the ark is going to come by. And this is the ark of the covenant, the gold box that was carried by the priest that had in it the, the testimony from the Lord, you know, the Lord wrote on the, um, the tablets. And it was carried by priests on poles. He says, when you see the ark go by, you want to follow the ark, but don't get too close. Stay back 2,000 cubits, which is a little more than half a mile, basically. So when you see the ark, don't rush on and everything. We've all seen that movie. We know what happens. You just stay back from it, and you see the ark coming, and you walk, and you follow the ark at a distance, specifically because you'll know where to go when you see where the ark is going. You need that little bit of perspective. So we stay back from the ark, we follow the ark, we follow the presence of the Lord. The ark represents the presence of God. So when you see the Lord moving, follow the Lord. And then finally in verse 5, Joshua says, it's time to consecrate yourself, sanctify yourself, prepare your heart, dedicate yourself, be hallowed, be holy, be separate, get yourself ready. In this context, specifically, the people are to prepare their hearts, to make sure that their hearts are ready to do what God is calling them to do. In the Grace Guide, if you want to jot this down, in this passage, consecrate means to get your insides ready because changes are coming on the outside. And this is a consistent theme through the first part of the book of Joshua. You take care of the inside. You be obedient to me. You listen to the word. You obey the word of God, and I will take care of fighting your battles for you. So again, before they cross, consecrate. Get yourself ready because he's going to do something out there. You take care of in here. 
I want you to do a little, um, it's not really a game, but would you do a little exercise with me this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, we're going to do an exercise. I didn't say we're going to exercise. I said we're going to do an exercise. I had strongly thought about sitting for this part of the message, but then I have this like fear that if I'm trying to get up and fall, then you would forget everything else that happened except you'd be like, oh yeah, were you there the week that he fell? Yeah, so I didn't want to do it. So I'm going to stand, but I just, I wanted you to do this exercise with me. So Israel were slaves for hundreds of years. Israel was slaves for hundreds of years. They finally get sprung, book of Exodus, out of slavery. Picture of our salvation. But because of disobedience, because of faithlessness, they wander, wander around. They're, 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 the consequence for their behavior is they wander around for 40 years. Now, they're all the way at the end of the journey. That's what this whole series has been about. They're in the last 10 miles. Now, literally, because of what happened in chapter 3, they're right there. They're on the riverbank. They're on the shores of the Jordan, which has overflowed its banks, actually. You see that in the text. And they're camping. Three more nights. Let's imagine just for a second that it's the, that it's the third night. And we are all gathered around. We're Israel, okay? And we're all gathered around the campfire on that last. Maybe we just ate our last manna meal ever, you know? Because once they cross over, no more manna. But they've been eating this manna for 40 years. They had their last manna meal. That's hard to say. They had their last manna meal. And now they are sitting there and they begin to talk. What do you think they talked about? I think, I think that they, they started to talk about their dreams for the other side of the Jordan been slaves for hundreds of years. They've been walking for decades. They, they've seen God's you know, blessings. They've seen God's judgments. I think they started to dream. They let themselves get excited. You know what that feels like? Where you, you want to be excited, but you kind of hold back. They're right there now. It's like, it's going to happen. We're going to do it. This is going to take place tomorrow. I think that they talked about what it would be like to have a homeland. Not being nomadic, not moving around all the time, not just, not just knowing Yahweh and following him, but actually having Yahweh give them the gift of a territory. And I think that they talked about, we're going to have homes. And these are people that have lived in tents for decades. They're going to have homes. And then there's probably somebody there that's like, yeah, you know, we're going to be able to plant crops and have fields. Because when you're a nomad, you can't plant crops and have fields. I mean, you can plant them, but someone else is going to harvest because you moved on. And someone else is probably saying, yeah, we're, I've always wanted a, a vegetable garden. We're going to have a, a garden, and we're going, to have, we're going to be able to grow fruit. We're going to be able to have our own produce. Someone else says, yeah, but in, and now we won't have to just, just let the, the, our, pasture, our flocks pasture as we go, but we'll be able to actually have designated areas where our, our sheep and our goats and our oxen and all that can feed, and they'll be able to get really fat, you know, and they'll be able to multiply. It'll be wonderful. And there was probably some guy there, because there's always some guy that likes to talk about wine. There's probably some guy there that's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be able to, we're going to be able to have a vineyard, because you can't have a vineyard when you're a nomad. That's a lot of, I mean, not that I know anything about wine, but that's a lot of work. We're going to be able to plant a vineyard. We're going to be able to have a vineyard and be able to, you know, make wine and do the thing and all of that. <laughs> Such a, I'm such a, a wine person. Someone else is like, yeah, but we're going to have olive groves too. Oh, yes. The oil. Someone else was like, no, this is the land of milk and honey. Someone's it's like, I'm going to be a beekeeper. I'm going to be able to have bees. You know, you, you can't have bees when you're a nomad. That would not work. You don't keep bees in a tent. The main thing is, 
around that, their, their expectation just kept rising as they talked, I believe. As, they, as it was really going to happen, they got more and more excited. And the biggest thing was, we're not going to be afraid of war anymore. Like, we're going to get through this time of battle, but we're going to live at peace. And you see that in Israel's history. They got to a place where the, the land had rest from war. They weren't stalked anymore. They weren't attacked on the way. They weren't enslaved anymore. They were going to live in a place where there was home, and there was safety, and there was peace, and there was blessing, and there was life. That's them. Now I want to have a campfire talk with us. They had dreams about what would happen on the other side. I want us to have dreams about what's gonna happen on the other side too. Now theirs was all physical stuff for the most part. Obviously they could worship freely, but it was about having a homeland. For us, it is about securing a homeland for people that don't have one with Jesus. What are your dreams? What does it look like on the other side of the Jordan? For some of us, it's this is gonna be the season. I am believing God for my child who doesn't know Christ to come to Christ. For some of you, it's, it's a neighbor that is just, you know, that has just been physically ill for so long. And you're believing God that on the other side of this Jordan, as we step into this place where the miraculous can take place, that that person is going to be healed. For some of you, it, it's, it's uh, a relative that is delivered from addiction. It's just they're bound and there just seems to be no hope. There's no way of getting forward. You know, it's like nothing is working and you're starting to get excited, and I'm, I'm excited for your excitement about going on the other side where God sets that person free. How about this one? Some of you may be dreaming about a brother or sister who has been burned being a part of a church. And you're believing that on the other side of the, of the river that, that the Lord will show himself despite what has happened from people hurting them, that the Lord will show himself faithful and they will be restored in relationship with him and with the body of believers. Some of you are, are uh, praying for a coworker that, that lives in constant fear. Many of us know people that are just constantly afraid, constantly anxious, constantly dealing with that. And your prayers, your dream is on the other side of the river, they're gonna be set free of that. They're not gonna walk in fear anymore. They're gonna walk in faith. There's prodigal parents and prodigal siblings and prodigal children that we're all believing God is going to bring back to himself, their open-armed father. We are believing, in a sense, for the exact same thing that Israel wanted. Home, blessing, safety, peace, life. I want us this morning to be very specific in our praying and very specific in our responding to what the Lord has been saying to us as a church over the last month. And that's why when you came in, you were given a little piece of paper. I think I have one here that has the little 10 more miles at the bottom of it and it's got a big empty spot in the middle and it's got this crazy little blue square on the back. And uh, I'd like you to get that out now. If you have a pen, if you need a pen, raise your hand. Or if you didn't get one of these, we'll be happy to bring you one. But we, we're going to take some time this morning, and I want you to put in writing what you're believing God for on the other side of the river. What are you believing God for in this? If you need one, just raise your hand real big. Shannon, thank you. Kyle, thank you for helping there. Thank you, David. I'm going to be, I know this is hard for you to believe, I'm going to be quiet for a minute or two while you write, 
but I'd like you to, I'd like you to be as specific as possible about what you're going to pray for. And here's the reason. Um, I'm not going to get this. This stays with you. You're going to stick it in your Bible. You're going to put it someplace and it, you're going to refer to it. This is going to be your prayer guide for the other side of the river. So I'm not asking you to do anything with this except to be re- responsive and write it down. But go ahead and do that right now. Be as specific as possible. Write names, details, so that when you're praying, you can think you know, in detail about what you're asking God to do. Just take the next moment and do that. Yeah, please. Thank you. another few few moments here. Up on the on the floor in the front today is painter's tape, blue painter's tape. This is my best symbolic rendering of the Jordan. In a moment I'm going to invite you. Everybody's like, yeah, okay, I thought that. I'm going to invite you to come forward, and both David and, and uh, Susan have markers, chalk paint markers. I'd like you, in a moment, when you come forward, to just jot an initial for someone that you're praying for that, that's representative of what's on here. It doesn't have to just be salvations. We've used these boards to pray for people that don't know Christ to come to Christ, obviously. But we're praying for more than that here. It's salvation, it's deliverance, it's provision, it's healing. Whatever, the, whatever encapsulates what you have on your paper, I want you to jot down the initials of the person that you're praying for, or people. It can be more than one, obviously. Um, and please, by all means, don't be as neat as the first service. I don't know, a bunch of firstborns in the first service made these nice, straight columns. It really doesn't have to be like that. You can write the initials wherever you would like. Before we come up, though, Here's, here's, I want to remind you something. When Israel came out of Egypt, I said this a couple weeks ago, when Israel came out of Egypt, they didn't do anything, right? I mean, they were just slaves. And the next thing you know, by God using Moses, they're delivered. All they did was plunder their neighbors. Please give us all your, your gold and jewels and everything. And they left wealthy, but they did nothing except follow Moses. When Israel goes into Canaan, into the promised land, they have an active role. They are active participants in what God is doing. It's not just, we're just standing here, that's salvation. Now it's, we are warring on behalf of those that need Christ, that those that need healing, those that need deliverance. They partner with the Lord. The Lord says, I'm gonna give you the land and you're gonna fight the battles. It's a partnership. So before you come up here, I just let, me, let me just suggest some things. 
Because as much as you have dreams and you're writing the dreams for God's fullness in people's lives, his healing, his deliverance in people's lives, as much as you have dreams, God is going to also in this season ask you to do some things. And it may be things that you have never done before. First of all, I would say this, and I would say this for myself, I am, I'm finding myself praying more about the harvest than I have probably prayed about the harvest in a long time through this time. I wanna see people come to the Lord, I really do. And so I'm praying a lot more. You, I can say with certainty, you're gonna be praying a lot more. You're gonna be praying for these people, you're gonna be praying for opportunities to, to touch their lives. Some of you are going to start making phone calls. There's probably some people that you need to call. I'm guessing the Holy Spirit's gonna say, you know what, pick up the phone and call that person. Yes, an actual phone call, not a text message. An actual, hello, are you there? Talking to another person on the other end. I believe that, that some of you, when you make those phone calls, you're gonna, you're, the Holy Spirit's gonna make you bold and you're gonna, you're gonna speak some stuff you've never spoken before. And some of you others in this room, you're gonna make that phone call and you're gonna get on a call and you're not gonna say anything. You're gonna listen. Because you've said plenty in the past and now's the time to listen. Some of us, some of us are gonna invite some people over for dinner. I have a conviction. I have a conviction that, that if I have a dinner table and it's only my family and my friends that sit at that dinner table, that I'm missing something in the kingdom. There's got to be a way for some of the people that I'm praying for, the initials that I'm putting, end up around my dinner table, sharing our lives together. I think that's probably true for lots of believers. So some of you are going to invite some people over for dinner. Some of you are going to reach out to that relative that you're estranged from. <laughs> that might be several phone calls if you get hung up on, but you're going to reach out. Some of you are going to end up being led by the Spirit to lay your hands on the sick, knowing that they will recover. That's what God's word says in the New Testament. But that's a, that's a line right there. It's easier for me to just put my hand on someone's shoulder and say, Lord, your will be done. It's bold to say, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing right now. But that's where God's leading us. Not into what's comfortable, but what is contending for something new. Some of you are gonna visit somebody else in their home. I know we don't do this, do we? We all live in our houses and we stay there. And the Lord is calling his people to get out of their houses. It's going to take a little bit more time, a little bit more money, and a little bit more attention to the things of the kingdom. But that's what we're being called to. And I'm not telling you any of those are for you specifically. I'm just saying, don't think that because we wrote names and initials on boards that that's the end of the story for us. All that is is a guideline for us to move into those people's lives as the Spirit leads us. Does that make sense? Wow, let's try it again. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Would you come forward when you're comfortable? This is optional. You're not being forced. Nobody's going to make you come up. But if you'd like to participate, please come up, put an initial or two on the board, and then return to your seat, and then we'll pray together. You're stepping over the Jordan when you come up. Go ahead. Come on. Somebody be bold and be the first person. Thank you, Enoch. Good job. Stand with me. Lincoln will, Lincoln will come do his and we'll, we'll go afterward. Thank you. Oh, come here. Never mind. She's good. 
I just want us to pray together. I don't know if you can get a glimpse of the board, but wherever you're at, take a look. I don't know. I didn't count, but there's a couple hundred names up there represented by initials. Just close your eyes for a second and just imagine, just imagine what it would be like all the things that we're praying for these people came to pass in the next months, next years. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to unfold, but I am tired of accepting, well, sometimes it just doesn't happen. That's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to cross the river and engage. Not to be offensive, but to go on the offense. We're going to go on the offense. So would you pray with me over these folks? Father, thank you. These, these are just a, a, a portion of what's in our hearts, Lord, for people in the future. Lord, begin the work now, the healing work, the preparing work, the, the, the uh, opening their heart, making the soil of their heart soft, Lord, whatever it is, begin preparing them now for your touch and for our engagement in their lives, Lord. We are excited. And we pray, Lord, it's not us. We don't have the power. We can't fight the battles. We can't go into the new land, but we can follow you and we can do what you say, Lord. Help us to have faith and to be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're, we're gonna keep these up here for quite a while, it, someplace up front. But um, one of the ways that we're gonna, we're gonna remember to pray about this is that little sticker that's on the back of your paper. Take the paper, but stick this someplace you know, on your mirror, on your, uh, in your car someplace, uh, in your Bible, wherever when you see it, you'll be prompted to pray, not only for the people that you wrote, but for the ones that others that Grace wrote, that we can keep this in front of us long term because we are, this is not a thing. Churches are famous for doing stuff like this and then like three weeks later, like where's the boards? We're not doing that. We're gonna contend. We are content, but we are contending also, amen? Let me bless you before you go. Stick your hands out in front of you. Let me speak this from the Lord, from 1 Timothy chapter 1. May the grace of the Lord Jesus pour out on you abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ. And from Psalm 44, may God give you victory. May God give us victory, Grace Church. May we succeed because of his mighty power. May we succeed because he favors us and he smiles upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message made a difference in your life. If you would like more information about Grace Church, visit us on the web at grace417.com or connect with us by filling out a connection card on our app.